And now, coming to you live, this is, it's supposed to be happening now, the EdTech Situation Room for April 6, 2016. This is Wes Fryer being cloned in my house by the magic of technology with one good camera and one fuzzy one. Um, I am the Director of Technology at Cassidy School currently, missing Jason Neifer, but miraculously, thanks to Twitter and his general awesomeness, joined by John Samuelson. John, tell our cast of thousands who you are and what you do now. Okay, well, I am John Samuelson, formerly iPad Sammy on the Twitter, and uh, I am a innovation strategist, West for the Beaverton School District in Beaverton, Oregon, just a stone's throw away from Portland, Oregon. Now, before we get into EdTech News, we'll just have to note that John is one of the most courageous um, adults I know because he just pulled up the stakes, sold the house, and said Northwest or bust. And really, since the actual Oregon Trail in the mid-1800s, we haven't seen this kind of courage coming out of the state of Texas. So, John, what would you say your advice to others who have wild ideas like, I need to go move to Oregon or Washington? What's your advice for them? I know. You know what? And I see that the uh, tech with Chad is talking about Carl Hooker, who is my former boss. And if he wants... If he loves Carl Hooker, then maybe he should wait off air and I'll tell him some stories about Carl Hooker and he might have a different opinion of him. But uh, no, but seriously, I started to, um, I went west, I, I, I took a job with a startup company and I, I'd been teaching for 18 years. I thought maybe I could take a chance. And um, what you find out is that people in the business world really don't know as much as you thought they did. And um, so the company just kind of, sputtered out. We, I had no job. So we, we sold our house and we moved up to Portland kind of blind. And I knew Tim Lauer. I knew Melissa Lim and I knew Allison Anderson and I knew Darren Hudges and Sean Williams. And I thought, okay, if I can't get a job up here, then I, I think I, I, I'll sub until I get a job up here. Luckily I got a job with Corinne Richards and um, in Beaverton and uh, it's a great job. I jumped right into a, a job, um, and uh, yeah, it, we and Wes, we just yesterday, I think we've just made the agreements where we will actually now, we've been renting this kind of, I don't know, small place and we're going to have a house that will fit all of my kids because I have four of them. So um, yeah, it, it was a, it was a lot to sell all your stuff, but uh, I took the chance. So that's my, that's my little story of my last two years. As soon as I walk in that house, I'll feel, I'll feel like I accomplished something. Oh it was my gosh. But it was worth it. Yeah, I know that. I know that we've talked before. I know that you, you've had. I mean, everybody. You know, life isn't life without the struggle, right? Oh my so. gosh! Yeah. Well, definitely, we could do a whole show on that. Well, Carl Hooker right. was actually at our school last week. We had him come out to talk about digital citizenship, and so um, that was that was quite good. And um, we did we meet at um, mobile learning, but I wasn't at the very first one. I think I came to the second. one. You weren't, yeah, you weren't at the first one. I've been, I went to all of them. The first one was, um, yeah, it was five years ago today. And, um, cause I got it on my Facebook flashback and is, it was so interesting. Is Tony going to do it again this year? Cause I know it's kind of been up in the air and it's definitely not, huh? Oh. I just, I just think it's definitely not for right now. I just think it's definitely not in that Arizona. I really take my hat off to the Arizona K-12 Center. I love all the stuff they do. And then, unfortunately, they t- we, they used to do um, they're still doing it this week long camp plug and play, and I did it last year with John Spencer. It's awesome. I, oh, it, oh, it's so awesome! 
And then the thing is, like this year, we go to school so late in Oregon, and they finish so early in Arizona. It's actually my last week of school, so I can't even. Mm. I've been to that for the last three years too. Right. So, yeah, I think that Tony, after he moved, I mean, he had to kind of take a step back. You can't, you know, work out of the Arizona K twelve center and live in Council Bluffs, Iowa. So, I yep. think that that's good. Yep. Yep. So um, we're going to jump into some ed tech news. Um, one of the things that is kind of cool on Blab is you can share the last 30 seconds. Um, I don't know. It's on the desktop version or whatever, and it'll take a little, uh, you know, kind of GIF, GIF screenshot. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm going to um, attempt to do that. It's like, I'll tell you, one thing Carl Hooker did very effectively uh, there's my daughter jumping into my web show. That's okay. <laughs> uh, was talk about there is no real uh, multitasking. There's just, um, you know, switch task switching. He was he had mm-hmm. us uh, try to draw a circle with our hand and then start to draw a square, you know, with the other hand. And you're like, you, 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 maybe you can train yourself to do that. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so feel like I'm I'm definitely going to press the boundaries here as we always do with all these devices. But hey, and if you're out there watching and you would like to join us, we would love to give you our other seat here on the EdTech Situation Room. So have you have you heard of the show or 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 checked it out before, John? It's okay Wes, if not. Wes, I have to confess, I didn't even follow you on Blab until just now, and you know I love everything you do. And in fact, you know what I was doing um just this week is um. I was really um, pumping up your wife and I was saying, Shelly does this great thing with the opinion app. And I've been showing that to the teachers. Gosh, that opinion app is, I don't know why I haven't been using that. I've been doing the garage band upload to SoundCloud and I've been doing all this other stuff. Why have I not been using the opinion app? And I used Shelly's model from, from her school and hers is incredible. I, I loved it. So yeah, hopefully we can start replicating this, but right. It's kind of funny because, I was just talking about Shelly last week and this week, oh, and I've been showing great. the teachers. So, so yeah, tell her I said hello. I will, and she is um, she's going to be presenting at iPad Palooza this year, and and podcasting is kind of her thing. I mean, there's a different niches that people have, and um, you know, I love podcasts. There's so much I've learned, yeah. and and taking it to the student level, and it's kind of neat because her room is literally room 108. And Bob Sprankle was room 208. And it's, it's kind of oh, wow. that, that push that, uh, you know, paying it forward. There's so, there's so much inspiration that I've received over the years from other folks, you know, podcasting. And so anyway, that's, it's pretty, it's pretty cool. Well, I feel, I, I feel like it just makes you smarter, right? I mean, if you talk to good people, it just may, it just, oh, yeah. I feel like I, I, I can go into it. Like we, I just uploaded Amy Berval was the last Techlandia. Have you, have you talked to Amy Burval before? You know, she was a uh, guest uh, presenter in my K-12 online keynote two years ago. Yeah. I've never met her in person, but yeah, she's somebody I followed who's like, talk about just oozing creativity. Like she's absolutely amazing. There's not many folks like her. So anytime you get to touch, I touch her brain with ideas and just, you know, be influenced is like amazing. So, all right. Yeah, so that, was, I, that was good. Yeah. That's what I say. So it's like, the more Amy people like Amy Berval that I can meet. And I mean, I, Carl Hooker, you know, he's kind of okay. But right, <laughs> you, the more you meet these people and the more you talk with them, like it just, it just helps you grow. I mean, it's the, it's the always learning kind of thing. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, I think Tech with Chad's I asking could, for contact. Info, that, so I'll yeah, her, her Twitter handle. Yeah, drop it in. Okay. Well, we are supposed to be the EdTech Situation Room. That means we talk about technology news. So here we go. Uh, Jason had dropped in a bunch of, of links, but um, I think I will 
uh, I'll go to the first one, which was uh, okay. from none other than uh, Edward Snowden. And okay. Snowden, why is this link broken? Um, I think that one, I think you might have taken that one down. I think I saw that one. Though. Did he? No, no. Okay, it is. Yeah. So basically, he said, journalists, remember the government argued for months this was impossible despite expert consensus. Uh, U.S. says it hacked iPhone without Apple ending lawsuit. Um, retweeted 10,488 times and liked, you know, 9,543. Um, so, so what are the, I'm going to just throw this one to you, John, and then I'll give, I'll tune in. What, what do you think we should be concluding or thinking about with regard to encryption, with regard to surveillance? Uh, are there any lessons learned for us in, as, as educators and, and even maybe thinking about STEM or thinking about the way that coding, you know, fits in. What what do you think uh, we have to learn from the whole iPhone hack, FBI, Apple stuff? You know, I think the thing that it did for me is I think I kind of like to live in my own little kind of world of innocence. I think that I, I like to think that I'm a pretty honest guy and I live by like kind of a code where, you know, I, I, I like to think the best of people. I, I mean, I really do. Even though I have a show Great with Scott Bebby called Grumpy Old Teachers, you know, where we like to grouch about things or whatever. I like to think that I'm pretty, I'm pretty positive um, as far as, as things. And um, boy, when once I started seeing that Apple, like, we're going to, like, we want everything. We want all your data. It really started to scare me because then it started to open my eyes a little bit and be like, wow, they can really practice that like you don't think when you have your iphone that you're like okay i'm going to allow this app to lose my, use my location but they can use your location i mean sorry i was trying to get jason in again he tried to call i think i might be i might be clicking the wrong thing well you know the iron <laughs> the irony in this whole fbi deal was that it was apple actually defending first amendment rights and you know then the the fbi saying you know, you don't, you don't need no encryption. You know, we need to be able to look at everything. And Jason's talk on the show, though, I mean, we've only had six, six episodes. We've, and we've tried to be weekly where we haven't quite done that, but he's talked a lot about sessions he's been doing on the Google history. So, you know, google.com slash history. And at least Google's really forthright about everything they record and everything they let you or what, what they're collecting and what you have essentially authorized them to collect. What's one of the things that's freaked Jason out has been every time he calls or uses voice recognition, it's all recorded. Like you can play that back. And anyway, it's the, if you talk about life casting and anyway, all of your stuff, I'll a quick story I'll share. There's a gentleman in my men's group at church on Fridays uh, who uh, was in the army for years, Vietnam vet, river rat. A uh, very salty guy, uh, worked for Lockheed for years. Uh, and, you know, before before they captured Osama bin Laden, you know, he had talked about how if, if somebody that, that the U.S. is watching just turns on their phone, boom, then, you know, drone strike, $70,000 harm missile, whatever, you know, it it's uh, – <laughs> it is just shocking what kinds of location data as well as other information that we're sharing. So I guess I would chime in for this that, you know, technology can be used for good or for evil. Um, helping students make good choices is essential. But, you know, limiting the power of the state is is really a fundamental part of our history in the United States, our short 
history that we have going back to the constitution. You know, our country was founded on the idea that we should limit the power of, of governments and that when you concentrate power, you know, bad things can happen. And so you need to have a document that specifically highlights the boundaries of, of what governments can do and then what people do. And so I think we've really in, in the air force, the military, you'll hear people talk about mission creep, you know, and things over time, just kind of creep, 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 creep. Mm-hmm. You see it happen with bureaucracies, right? It just kind of gets bigger and bigger. We've seen it happen with the federal government. I mean, look at what the federal government was, you know, at the time of the, the declaration of independent of the, well, the ratification of the constitution, you know, and then how, how much things have been expanded. I think we see the same thing happening with technology. Uh, it's not, not really an accident that I, cited Snowden on that because the Snowden releases have given us a whole bigger window into what the U.S. government and other governments have done and continue to do. And um, it's on one side, it's really important that we do continue to restrain our government and that we uh, raise up a generation of students who are uh, who are knowledgeable about that and aren't just mm-hmm. like, eh, you know, whatever. Uh, mm-hmm. Because one thing that is happening is we've had some some governments talk about how they don't want to have the Internet. Like they want to make people have data in their country where they can control it. They don't want to trust, you know, the outside. And it really would threaten the Internet if, you know, everybody kind of cordons things off and, and starts to say, well, you know, this whole data in the cloud thing and this whole, you mm-hmm. know, excess people stuff all over the place really – you know, is not going to work for us. So I don't know. It's uh, in, 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 and it's, and then leading by fear, you know, we've had so much of that. So I don't know if any, any other thoughts on that as far as, you know, or you know what, the, the one thing I don't know if you watch, do you watch house of cards ever on Netflix? You, watch you know that? what? I, my wife is the Netflix fanatic in our house and I'm mm-hmm. the pretender. I, I have very little uh, television literacy, but sometimes <laughs> I watch with her. So you'll have to, you'll have to inform me. You can sway. Okay, well, so, so the, the new episode and not, it won't give, it's not a spoiler or anything, but the new episode, the new series of, uh, it's like got Kevin Spacey in it. And in uh, one of the things, the candidate that was trying to run against him um, was using like, that was one of their things. They were kind of using this guy who I guess must be like some kind of a Google, you know, fake Google person. And they were using like keywords and stuff to get the stories out that they wanted to and kind of like manipulating search data so that, you know, and, and finding out what people are searching for, so they could find out what resonated with like voters and candidates and stuff. Oh, and gosh. How much of that is there, right? You know, and it's a message. Thank you trying to call Jason again. It's huge. And, you know, you do have insights. My wife just finished watching every episode of NCIS. Are you, have you checked oh, that right. one out? So, you know, and there's there's so much. Of course, some of it's over the top. But you, you think it might be. But, you know, the capabilities of our government that are unclassified far outstrip probably our perceptions of what is going on and, and what's happening. So, all right. Um, well, if you have an article that you want to throw out, I can kind of go down these and sort of uh, I didn't me, throw, go ahead. No, I was say you can throw. I, these are kind of interesting. I was I was just looking at these. I, I haven't looked. I look. You know, I look at the twitters all the time. But some of these were. I mean, I think the Tesla thing is very interesting. There's yeah. been a lot of a lot of stuff on the uh, the the Teslas, and um, I don't know if you saw the video of the guys. There was the guys that were actually letting the self driving car go, and they were kind of. Um, it must have been on like TechCrunch or something, but it looked really cool, and it, it, uh, it did. 
Amazing. A few years ago, I, I, I did a thing when I was teaching STEM the last two years uh, called Curiosity Links, where I just kind of share a cool video or, a, a, you know, an article or whatever. And, and it would just be like a wow. And that was one where it was like a tech car. It was a car and driver or something. It was at night. Mm-hmm. Is that the one you saw mm-hmm. where they punched mm-hmm. it and demonstrated? Yeah, so, it was it was crazy. So if, if people don't know, Tesla announced the Model 3 this uh, last week. I actually saw it live uh, thanks to the Twitters. Oh, wow. And if you're not familiar with Elon Musk, you know, his, he's seeking to change many things in, in the world. Uh, the, the joke was that he wants to die on Mars, but not on impact. So he wants us to <laughs> colonize Mars and uh, really empower, basically cut down the price of, of getting things into orbit, in, you know, satellites and, and just the whole space travel thing. Um, so there's been some, ex- there, you know, there's exciting developments there. But he, he originally put together the Roadster, which was like a $100,000 plus, you know, car that only Al Gore and really, really rich people <laughs> could afford. And Where- then, you know, they needed to have a proof of concept and they could do this and, they, and make money. And then the Model S was still pretty expensive, like $70,000, $80,000, but it's a sedan. Um, but their whole goal has been to get to a consumer car, which they had said about 30000 I think now they're saying 35000 um, but he's in addition to built to getting this car, which has over 200 miles of range, you know, they're, they're building the superchargers, which we've got, we've got two in Oklahoma city. I think we've got one. Well, one is, is North of us, um, North of Guthrie. Uh, and then I think there might be one actually on I 40, uh, down, you know, West of downtown, but these are completely free, you know, charge up, uh, for in a couple hours, you know, what would take a long time on your, you know, on your regular, I don't know if, if I was to, and I'm so happy with my job. I, I got to start being a tech director, John, uh, in July. And nice. it's, it's good. It's, it's, um, you know, it's wonderful. In fact, I've been trying to be very careful with things I tweet and social media things. Not that I want to be muzzled, but right. Anyway, right. You want to, the politics are all are very, you know, they're, they're, right. they're different in, uh, in a, uh, a private school and there's all mm-hmm. kinds of things going on, but, um, when it comes to, um, you know, this whole thing as far as, uh, Tesla and thinking about electric cars and thinking about the future, you know, I, I would, I think solar energy is such a huge part of the future. I mean, we've got it. We've got a lot of good wind. In fact, the last two days mm-hmm. in Oklahoma have been great wind days, not good mm-hmm. days to, you know, come and visit and say, Hey, wouldn't you love to move here? But you know, right. if you, you have a wind farm here, you're probably having to ratchet down your windmills to say, look, we can't, you know, handle this much energy. But anyway, it's, uh, it's, it's one technology is moving faster than any of us can keep up with. And. I think the transition to electric cars is going to be here sooner rather than later. Um, obviously for our state, or maybe this isn't obvious to everyone, but for our state, that will be bad news. Think Saudi Arabia, think Nigeria, think Venezuela, you know, these countries and states that are highly dependent upon oil revenue, you know, ultimately stand to lose a lot. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's going to be, it's going to be interesting. So we're we're probably not going to be getting a new car, you know, in the next few years since we've got kids going to college. But <laughs> I, I think I think the Tesla the Tesla revolution in electric cars are, is a pretty big deal. Do you guys have more electric cars up there in the Northwest? I mean, have you have you seen more up there? You know, Portlandia is not just a show. It's it is it's, there's a lot of truth drawn from it, and we have a lot of places that have 
the electric charging stations where you can park right by a handicapped spot and they have the electric charger right there. And it's very big here. I mean, the number one car here is like the Subaru, of course, of course, because, you know, that, that when I lived in Alaska, it was the same way too. But um, yeah, there's a, there's a lot of electric cars up here. I mean, that, that's something Portland is very into like environmental things. And, you know, they have a, uh, Allison Anderson has her, when I used to come and visit her and we don't have it in Beaverton, but in Portland, they have like the composting that you're, you're supposed to be composting in your, your house. And she has her little compost pile and, they nice. don't get, they don't even get her, um, garbage every week. It's like every other week, which would, for, you know, we have four small kids that would kill us if we didn't get our garbage every week, you know, <laughs> and, and the recycling and things like that. But yeah, the, the recycling and all that stuff is really big up here. So yeah, yeah. there's a lot of electric cars. It's, it's, it'll be interesting to see. I mean, it'll, it'll be cool. It'll be cool to see. Well, one of the articles that's also on the, on the site, and again, if you want to tune into that on your browser, it's edtechsr.com slash links, is this uh, article actually from today from the Washington Post saying Tesla's Model 3 orders are through the roof. Here's what that means for the planet. And, mm-hmm. you know, 276,000 pre-orders at $1,000 a piece, I think is what you had to put down. Wow. Uh, so, you know, so there's $2.7 million, you know, for mm-hmm. Tesla. And, and I, I was reading some other articles or hearing people talk about, you know, what a smart guy Elon Musk is, because one of the things that you want for new endeavors is investment in the stock market. You know, are you going to be successful? And so taking all these pre-orders, um, I think the, you know, the, the focus of that article is, uh, along the lines of what you were just talking about as far as green energy and, mm-hmm. you know, carbon dioxide emissions and, and all that. And I'll say this, one of the things that I've become more aware of in part because of listening to Musk and, and just following climate change stuff. I mean, I remember not arguing, but having a discussion with our school custodian, one of our custodians uh, a, a couple years ago. And, and she was just like, Oh, you know, but it's, it's not warming because we have this colder winter and all this. It's climate change is not about is it colder or hotter where you live. It's about the amount of carbon that has been released in the atmosphere. You know, and Musk uses those. He did on the the announcement of the uh, Model 3. You know, it is it is going vertical. It's exponential. And so uh, that whole thing about trapped carbon. and I don't know. There's there's important STEM lessons. It's highly political here in, in Oklahoma to talk about climate change, but. I'm sure. I'm, you know, I was thinking, he, like, the way he funded that, he almost did, like, his own personal Kickstarter. Oh, gosh. You know, here, here, we'll put you on the list. And, and it was right? the magic of Apple, right? Like, I felt mm-hmm. the, the Steve Jobs mojo. Um, mm-hmm. of I did listen to his, his uh, the biography. Uh, I'm trying to remember who, who wrote it. Um, the, uh, Walter Isaacson. No, nah, it was the other one. It was the the feet. No, I'm not talking about well, the jobs one I did, but uh, this is the Elon Musk. There's an Elon, oh, Elon Musk, Musk biography. Right. Yeah, and you know, neat, both he and Steve sure struggled with their their personal lives. So you know, you don't want to <laughs> idealize any, any human being to just put them on a pedestal and worship them. But uh, but he definitely is a savvy guy, and he is pushing he's pushing change, you know, and pushing innovation. So it's. Uh, I would say this. I think we want our kids, just like kids today should know who, who Steve Jobs was. Um, they should know who Elon Musk is mm-hmm. and know about the changes that he's making and, and also know, hey, this guy's a coder, right? Here is a, here's a guy who immigrated from South Africa, made his way to Canada, got to the United States, you know, got his citizenship, 
but, you know, made his first break with PayPal. And if you look at iteration and, and the ways in which he's, you know, built stuff and some things have failed and succeeded, it's, it's just, uh, it's, it's a pretty exciting thing. And <clears throat> I was in Brazil a couple weeks ago for spring break. Ooh, I, nice. I went down there for a STEM institute. And so I shared curiosity links after lunch with the teachers. And over half of, we had about 22 participants. And over half the teachers didn't really know Elon Musk and what he's about. And so I would, I would guess, I mean, that's not a representative sample, but you know, if you were to ask at your school, you know, Hey, do you guys know about Elon Musk? I mean, being able to, to let people know about that. And then I don't know, just thinking the whole thing about careers and role models, you know, what do you want to be when you grow up and, and thinking about this could be something your parents work, you know, you, yeah, you could do what your parents do or you could do what others in your community do, but there's other mm -hmm. possibilities. So I think that's probably a, a good takeaway from that as well is just kind of sharing news and then, and then following, you know, following what's up, what's happening with that. So Wes, I looked it up for you. It's Ashley Vance was the author. Is that there the one? you go. That All is right, the one. Magic of Google. All right. Also, look at that one. That's good. I've been trying to read a little bit more. I, it's hard sometimes to read. I know we all have enough, the same amount of time in a day, but it's, I used well. to read so voraciously. And it's just cut. once my second child kicked in, it seems like I just. Well, you know, I hardly ever read, read long form, but I listen, you know, so that Maybe I need to try that. audible. Yeah. A few years ago when uh, I was I actually, I, I was teaching a class down in Denton, Texas, a professor helped, you know, said, look, you just have to, you, you just have to put some time aside and, and, and uh, you know, get this, this PhD thing written. That's when I started an audible subscription. And by the way, mm -hmm. we are not sponsored by anyone including audible.com so you know we're not doing that on the podcast it probably wasn't we, we may later. Be like yeah well they might and, and, and i'm not enter this code enter code there's there's codes out there for audible sure Start your first, we should your first book for maybe free. we will yeah because we set, <laughs> set this up to say yeah that's right ring brought to you by audible.com uh, that's right but, but i you know i i do listen to more books and and uh, the elon musk book and then um the Pentagon's Brain, that's the one that I recently finished, which is the, the Uncensored History of DARPA, the Defense Advanced Research Agency. Okay, I'm going to shift gears here for us, and I'm going to go to the, the article that's Ethics of 3D Printing in Veterinary Medicine. Okay. And so I'll kind of set this up and then, and then toss it to you to see, see what you think. Okay. One of my takeaways, from, and this, was, this is from 3dprint.com on March 28th, one of my takeaways from listening or whatever to reading that um, Pentagon's brain and all about DARPA is that, oh my gosh, ethics in STEM is huge. You know, it was about a year and a half ago that the United Nations in Geneva, Switzerland actually had a multi-day conference on killer robots and whether or not the United Nations should specifically ban autonomous robots, which by the way, we have right now on the DMZ, the Demil militarized zone between North and South Korea, the U.S. Army has robots that are authorized to kill on the DMZ. Um, that's just one example. But, you know, this this particular article is interesting because it wasn't it wasn't actually talking about uh, autonomous weapons. It was talking about veterinary, um, you know, veterinary genetics and saying that, you know, for with with 3D printing and with the the ways in which we're able, or here's a quote from Professor uh, Fitzpatrick, who, let's see, what is his, what's his uh, citation here? The UK's super vet, 
Um, it's increasingly possible to save an animal's life in circumstances that just a few years ago would have been seen as necessary terminal. And then his quote is, the bottom line now is that anything is possible if you have a blood and nerve supply. That means we now have a line in the sand, what, not what's possible, but what is right. In the past, it was the case of if it wasn't possible, you'd move to euthanasia. But, you know, when, with, and with pets, what's interesting about this is, you know, we, we don't ascribe many rights to pets. You know, so it's sort of like, sorry, Fido, you know, you swallowed that sock. We're not paying the $2,000, you know, it's, right. it's curtains for you. They're done. Yeah, they're um, done for so, uh, again, it's like technology sort of, sort of out of, you know, outpacing where we are with, with our thinking. So, um, I don't know. You have any thoughts about 3D printing, the implications for your pets or, you know, other, other sectors, and maybe you guys are doing it. You're progressive in the Northwest. You probably already <laughs> require everyone to take ethics in STEM, at, you know, starting at the fourth grade. That's right. We have an ethics in STEM, STEM seminar I'm doing tomorrow for our kindergartners. That's right. Um, uh, well, you know what? It's funny because we were just talking. We, we do this um, cool film festival called Signal to Noise um, in our district. And so in the beginning, we have this whole thing, and we were talking about bringing our 3D printers just today that's what we're one of the things we were talking about and um it's just interesting how much the 3d printing um uh one of our great teachers i don't know if you know if if you know we have this really cool teacher and his name is g bundy he's done a few things up at uh like um travels with the ed tech team and things like that you do you know g you don't know okay here come here you wanted to say hi to shelly come say hi to oh i did hey shelly what's going on hey i was talking about you I was talking about you earlier this week and your podcast. Hey, how are you? I pet Sammy. I'm doing all right. How are you? Sammy's on Twitter now. I but, yeah, know that. But he was giving you props um, for your podcast. So. Well, I was giving you, I was giving your podcast props, and I think we're going to spread it. And I use your sample, just so you know that when we have our district of forty thousand, I'm using you as my go-to oh. number one sample oh, for a picture. Awesome. Hey, you yeah, can you totally. can hire me to come speak to your group. I I'm in the money making like business now. Seriously, I have a son to put through college. So okay, that sounds good. Well, if if I do, then you'll I will definitely give well, you and Wes a call. Something that's really cool is now that I'm starting to have my kids actually listen to kids podcasts, and we're sketch noting, and so trying to take it back on the other side too. So. Listening. Okay, when I get my kids running, maybe we'll we'll take yeah. a process. Yeah, okay, that would that be fabulous. Great. Podcast pin pals. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, we'll, we'll instead of skyping, we'll just podcast. We'll just yep. switch podcast. We'll we'll yeah. make we'll make up our own little thing. Super, that this sounds great. great. Yeah, let's yeah, try we'll it. Keep up the good work. Yeah, All right, it's, well, it's, thanks. I, I was using that. I was like, that's awesome. Awesome, thanks. <laughs> no problem. So, what kind of three D printers do you guys have? Three D printers now? So, or are you looking at, at doing them? We, get them. But, I think we bought the MakerBot is what I think we got. We got two of the MakerBots. And, um, yeah, we were just talking about the 3D printing. Now, the ethics with the, the animals, I see the Chihuahua kind of in the roller skate. I don't know. They, the just, they had to just grab a Flickr picture for that. I right. Mean, I, I, mean, I, mean, that. I mean, that doesn't seem like that's 3D printing or anything. But the things that you can print, like we were um, – G. Bundy was printing up like little – we were talking about like he, he made a Millennium Falcon – and then he, you know, he made it two-sided and then put like a little LED light in so that it could do and kind of did the little pin thing. And uh, it, it does, you can just kind of print whatever, if you can do it on that Tinkercad software or whatever, you can really print some cool stuff. Yeah. So, and, t- and Tinkercad is what, is what we, we use. And we've, um, 
you know, had last summer was the first time that we had 3D printing available. Some our librarian offered a, a class for students. We're doing that again, and kids are starting. Uh-huh. To, they're kind of infiltrating. You right. know, so they, they can say, Hey, could I do, uh, you know, instead of the shoebox diorama or whatever, you know, poster, could I do this as a 3D printed object? And so, yeah. It's good. I, so yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think if you could, if you can save, you know, an animal's life, I mean, if it's, if it's feasible that it can live pain free or whatever, I mean, I think that, I mean, how much is the 3D, if you 3D print like some kind of a valve or something and it helps them, Stay alive longer. I think that I think there's there's definitely people in Portland. They love their dogs up here. They would take that and run with it and be like, yes, we want to keep little Fido alive as long as humanly possible. You know. Yeah. Right. So I don't know. I don't know. It's it's interesting though. I mean, yeah. It's, it's I never thought of that. Just going like, hey, we can three save an animal with three D printing. That seems crazy to me. And and like the it. whole thing about having you know pieces of technology that are gonna you know, augment you is, is it, it's called transhumanism, also mm-hmm. cyborgs, you know, and it's, mm-hmm. there was a, some, there was a conference in Austin. I should get that link to, to put in the chat for people who are, who have put stuff in. Cause it's, you remember the, um, fire, that movie Firefox that had Eastwood in it and he was the pilot oh, sure. that like controlled sure. fi- the plane with his mind or whatever. Sure. I mean, that, sure. that, that stuff is, is coming and, and augmentation of the brain. Like my, my youngest daughter learned in science class that most people have three cones in their eyes to see color, but some people have a fourth cone and they can see all these additional parts of the spectrum. But I mean, the military now it, you know, is, is looking at and augmenting what you can see so that you could see in the ultraviolet or the, or the infrared and, you know, night vision and all that. And it's, it's going to be incredible looking at how, how did, how this plays out? Cause I mean, we might've talked about this last in our last show, but with science, it's sort of like with an ethics, not can it be done, but who will do it? You know, cause if it's possible to do probably somebody's going to do it. And, mm-hmm. um, Anyway, I, yeah, there's there's a whole lot of – I'm thinking more about ethics now for sure when it comes to STEM. And so I, I think that um, we, we need to find ways to be talking about it because none of us are – society as a whole is not going to be ahead of this. You know, we're going to be – we're right. going to be playing catch-up. And so, right. you know. I don't yeah, know. no, it's very, it's very interesting. It almost reminds me of the April Fool's joke with the Google Plastic when you talk about the fourth – Cone in your eye. Did you see the Google? No, was, the was, Google that, was, that for, was that for this year? I, I missed the Google. So, for, uh, yeah, so, Fool, so. so the whole thing was they have, instead of Google Cardboard now, they have Google Plastic, which was just a big plastic box and you could see things in 360 and they just have like, you know, a big plastic goggle on and they're like, you can talk to people and interact with them, you know, and it, just making fun of like interpersonal conversation and how you, you, you really can you know, unplug and do all these things. But nice. yeah, that was the Google, that was the Google plastic joke. So there you go. Okay. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to drop a link into a, a verge article where they've got that other video. So that is always a, a favorite um, April fool's day <laughs> pastime is seeing what, what Google comes up with. And John, mm-hmm. if you want to, we started a little late, so we'll go a little bit past the top of the hour, but if you okay. want to come up with a geek of the week, which is just kind of a, you know, a link to share, or it could be a gadget, you know, whatever like that. Um, you can go ahead and drop that into the doc. Okay. And then if you want to also put your contact information sure. on the top sure. or bottom, then I will, I will include that when I, 
when I put this together with the show notes. Do you do a show with Blab now, or or what is Techlandia powered by? Are you guys still Google, so, Google, Google Hangouting or whatever? Hanging out so on... Right. I mean, and, and you know what, Wes, you were one of our first guests, actually. I mean, you and Tony were among our first people when we started really, like, thinking maybe we need to interview people now. And it was, you know, Allison, Kurt Reeves, and uh, myself. And uh, now we do, we have... Um, Administrator of the Year, um, Amy Fadeji, and we have David Terrio from California. So I'm, I'm with people on the West Coast now since we're in the same time zone. And then um, we used, we've been using Glad for quite a while for all our podcasts. Uh, Google Hangouts just wasn't being as usual. It wasn't going oh, as rapidly so as I wanted to. You. So... The yeah, mailbox so we, is full and cannot accept. Sorry, I was trying, no, trying okay. to get. So, 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 tell me that one more time. You said the hangouts oh, yeah, not working. So, what, what are you yeah, doing? So, you're, you're, you're so doing we, Blab. We, yeah, we're full on Blab with everything right now. We've been using Blab for a long, a, you know, a pretty long time. I'd say probably about the last five or six months we've been using Blab, and we just we went away from Google Hangouts there. And these are so much easier to join and schedule. Oh my and, gosh. Yeah. You know? Well, Zoom, in fact, tonight, my wife is on a, the search committee for our new pastor and mm-hmm. uh, we've set up the video conferences. I think it was at his end. He had some connectivity issues and they had to go to phone, but, but I have, I am in love with Zoom when you want somebody to join a, a call that's not public and you can record it. But for doing shows like this, the fact that it, this could go right to YouTube. You know, makes it just as good as a hangout and infinitely easier to to be able to join. And so, it's good stuff. How, well, the, the thing that that did it for me was we Ooh. used to take, we used to get, you know, you get the audio file like emailed to you, and that used to be a whole step for me. I'd go to one of those old sites and I'd wait for the clip clip for the Google Hangout on Air to upload to YouTube, and then I'd strip all the audio out. Well, now I don't have to. They can email this to me, and now I can it's. I really like Blab, and you know what? All they got to do for me was not a podcast without sound effects. Oh, so, that's right. So you, know. you can—that's right, because you need those sound effects. So I need it because I—I'm not very interesting, so I need sound effects. To make but it. there's, yeah, but there's Soundflower. There, there are ways if you want to. Yeah, no, I, I just put my iPad Pro in now with the big I button zap, and I have my one, so you can play it loud enough when I have my. Uh, my uh, snowball hooked up. Well, usually I have my snowball hooked up. That's right. Hooked up right uh, it's, you're sounding so. great tonight without it. Well, Tech with Chad just uh, t- texted in that Blab can be private as well. So, it's so that's just a new feature. That's yeah, that's pretty cool. Awesome. That's awesome. All right. Yeah. Well, I have dropped. I dropped links uh, for the Signal to Noise Film Festival in Beaverton, Oregon, and I oh, dropped the dropped the link into for the uh, Google celebrates uh, April Fools with cardboard plastic. Um, if you want to drop in a link to your show, what is the schedule for your show, John, when you guys do that? So, oh gosh, our show is so sporadic. So we just uploaded Amy Berval. Usually we've been trying on like seven o'clock Pacific time on Mondays, but it can vary just depending on our schedules. And then, uh, Scott Bedley and I do Grumpy Old Teachers. Nice. And Scott, and Scott Bedley, where we just kind of free flow and we do some things. And we usually do that at about 11 o'clock Pacific. So it's like one in the morning your time left. Okay. But, uh, we'll catch that yeah. one on the podcast probably. Yeah. That, that's I'm trying to work on self-care. Podcast. So yeah, I probably won't be applied for that. Do you, is honey, is Scott Bedley who you have club with? Yeah. Shelly connected with him via, oh, yeah. um, Ed Camp Voxer over the Christmas holidays this year. Nice. And they've, their, their uh, classes have connected on kid blog and, what we were doing, the math, what was that math thing you were doing? Something about gallery math. Anyway, he's awesome. So she's, he is, 
Been he's very- incredible. He's incredible. And he's, he's a really good person to follow. He's, uh, here, I'll put his link, I'll put his link in here, but I'll put it in there too. He's yeah. at Scott Teach on the Twitters. But, um, he's, in, he's an incredible guy. And I, I normally just, when I'm on podcasts, I normally just rail on him and give him miserable. And, and just, he's like, boy, you can just openly insult me on podcasts or whatever. On Techlandia, I will. On this podcast, I'll be respectful and say he's a great teacher. <laughs> if you ever want to like, trade Skype classrooms and do mystery Skypes and just any kind of Skype. He knows all these authors. So he reminds me a lot of like Colby Sharp from Nerdy Book Club is also one of those people that could just connect you with anybody and he gets all these authors coming in. Scott's like the West Coast version of Colby Sharp. I feel like like Jenny Holm, like I think came in and visited his class just like because she was in the area. I'm like, nobody even knows who I am. But he's Scott Bedley, and Scott Bedley's good stuff. So that's awesome. And the Bedley yeah. Brothers podcast is one. Yeah, that's, that's how Brothers I discovered great. him was through the Bedley Brothers. Yeah, well, he's great. This brother Tim's great too. Well, I'm going to throw out one more article, and then we can do some some geeks of the week if if you've got one. Okay. Uh, I think we'll, I've I'll, got one. I'm looking right now. Okay, good. Um, so the the last article I'll throw out is Facebook announces video for all. This was a newsroom Facebook article. I think I think Jason actually tossed this one out. Um, and then a related one that I had, had uh, read and tweeted was an Apple Insider article from today. Facebook doubles down on live streaming with new features for groups, events, and interactivity. And so, you know, just the tech side of this is uh, companies want to control video. It's a huge platform. In fact, my son gave me all these lessons. Uh, we went to Ohio this weekend looking at school and um, Snapchat. You know, I hadn't played with Snapchat, and we, we, I, did, I did all this Snapchat and learn, learn stuff. But, you know, Facebook would like us to not only, you know, doing text and, and, and those, you know, picture updates, but, but video and live stream. Uh, we're seeing uh, the Snapchat app now support streaming audio and streaming video. And so, um, <laughs> of course, in a lot of schools, this, all this stuff is going to be blocked. Um, right, right. But, you know, the, the whole thing about, I don't know. I guess one applica- implication might be how how do you leverage the potential to to bring in live content or impromptu content? I mean, just what you were talking about, John, with Scott and, and others networking. You know, thinking about authors, thinking about you know how how do we connect to the how do we connect to the curriculum? Um, you know, there's the digital citizenship side of this, like you are the product, and you know, Facebook wants to farm your information, and you know. Have, have, have you, uh, you know, sell, sell, sell you to prospective advertisers and then subject you to, to ads as that whole side of it. But do right. you have any, any thoughts on Facebook video and then also these apps and just, you know, what's happening as far as Periscope live streaming? Well, so, you know, the interesting thing is we were, uh, you know, I went to the, Q, I, have you been to the Q conference, the national Q conference out in Palm Springs at all? I would love to go, and if you could visit with someone to say, hey, why don't you invite us? Because really, guess, the, the only yeah. time I, I was in 2007, my cousin and I went to Macworld, and uh, uh, because of you know some, some ADE connections, I got to, to present a little bit at the Q educator portion of, of Macworld. Of course, that was where, when Jobs announced the iPhone, and it was just so awesome to be there. But that, there's only a couple times I've been to California, and I have never been to a Q or, okay. or a Q Rockstar. So I, I, I will tell you that the key stuff, I mean, right, you would obviously talk to, to John Carippo, who's awesome. And, um, 
So, uh, and Mike Lawrence, obviously, is the director of Cube. But so I've been going for the last three years. It's, I like to go there because I, I talk, that's when I can see Scott Medley and we can just kind of talk in person a little bit, uh, face to face. But one of the things that we did last year before was I sat in and, uh, there's a great, um, duo from San Diego, Ruben Hoffman and Dan McDowell. And so I sat in the front row of their, their session and, uh, it was before Periscope actually. And I had Meerkat, which was the same thing, but it was, you know, Meerkat wasn't, you know, run by Twitter at that point then. So, and Periscope came out probably about a month later, but I sat there with my phone and I used to, I'm like, why don't we just meerkat this? And I asked their permission and I sat in the front row and I just kind of did uh, Dan and Ruben's session. They said that was totally fine. Um, and so I, I like the live stream. I used to do it all the time. I don't do it as much anymore, but I really feel like Tony Vincent's Periscopes are one of some of the best things that I've seen. And it's like, like PD that I would pay for but he just does it for free. And he was doing something the other day. And it's just every time that he's on there, I get a little periscope notice. I just think it's incredible. So I, I think it's good learning opportunities. And then sometimes with the Facebook ads, I buy the stuff because it's what I want. <laughs> so, you know, right. So like, sure. And, and, and I'm like, I'm really glad that I, I sometimes I'm, I'm sad because I don't like to be inundated with stuff to buy. But then other times I'm like, Wow, I really want to buy the blocks for my students and have them build video games. So I'll pay the 50 bucks and buy it. And we bought it and it's tremendous. So I don't know. I would, maybe I wouldn't know about it otherwise. I don't know. Yeah. Well, Tech with Chad, you know, um, said he did his first live stream to his private Facebook group today. Uh, so that okay. was pretty cool. And yeah, cause what you were just saying about Tony and his Periscope is Tony using catch to archive beyond the 24 hours or does he just straight up Periscope and that's it? Okay, so Tech with Chad says yes. So yeah, I, okay. I mean, I, I think they're great. I, I love Tony's. And that's, so that's, if, if people do don't know Kat. about Catch, it's K A T C H, and basically you just hook your your Twitter to it, and then it'll grab every Periscope that you do and um, put it up where it'll it'll be available after twenty four hours. Did Meerkat die, John, or what happened? What happened? Yeah, I mean, I think once Periscope came along and then Twitter bought it, I think it was. Pretty, oh, Twitter did. Not, Twitter did buy. They bought it to yeah. kill it. Isn't that nice? Right. So, right. So I thought that that was kind of bad. Um, I still have Meerkat though. It's right here on my phone actually. So I do still have it right there. And this is a, this is a new phone. So I, I just update, you know how you sometimes just have a ton of apps. Now I've kind of updated. So yeah. I, it's still out there, but you know, Periscope's killing it because. Yeah. Well, uh, uh, I mean, this stuff has been around for a while. You know, I remember playing with Ustream back yeah, in like 2009 at yeah. Tozen and, and at ISTE and doing at ISTE that year, you know, I had this whole bunch of equipment, you know, to, to be able to bring the tripod and the, you know, what was that? The Firewire digital camera. I went to a pawn mm -hmm. shop, you know, to, to get a new fire, or not new, but get a, get a Firewire camera and all this stuff. And yeah, anyway, the whole convergence, being able to do everything on your phone is just yeah. amazing. So, and, yeah, and so. I, I haven't seen, I haven't had too many problems. There's, there's really on a Google Hangout uh, in the last year, uh, a friend of mine was doing one for pre-service teachers, and he accidentally tweeted out the join link, and we had we had a troll join. So, but you know, other than that, I really I haven't run into much much trouble. So, no. well, why don't we? We've had a few new viewers join. Maybe somebody's tweeted something out. The word got out that John Samuelson live was going to be on this 
obscure show. Oh, it was my <laughs> wife. She said, she, Shelly said it was her. She showed up. Oh, okay. Well, that's good. Well, yeah, everybody listens to Shelly. Well, why don't we, why don't we do some geeks of the week and, okay. uh, I'll go first and then, then kick it over to you. My geek of the week is junior tube edu, which I put in the, in the uh, show notes, curated and partitioned. I think I misspelled partitioned. It's supposed to be partitioned YouTube playlist. Okay. Here's the okay. idea. YouTube, full of great stuff, full of garbage. A lot of teachers and IT departments and, and administration nervous, not wanting to, to do YouTube. Uh, we have used YouTube for kids, which, which is a nice app that has, you know, more young kids stuff. But what if you want to share things with your students? Now we have not done YouTube for schools at our, on our campus. It's I, at one, it got deprecated or kind of like faded away. And then last summer I heard it was coming back. I don't really know where all of that stands, but this app I think is pretty smart. It uses an enrollment code. So as a teacher, you can create a playlist. You can share it to your, um, your, what did I just call it? Uh, junior tube account. And then students will have access to just those videos that you have put on your playlist. And then they all, they're also kind of like, uh, YouTube has YouTube education and they've got channels of, of curated approved content. So it's, it's a way to filter YouTube. But you as the teacher can create a custom playlist. And I've thought for a while now that one of the core competencies of teachers should not only be, um, well, it's even before you produce video and put stuff out there because that scares people, you know, don't just share videos, but curate, you know, kind of like we'd say, let's make a, let's make a bookmark list, you know, let's, let's use delicious or Digo and start, you know, archiving um, you know, links and stuff. I think being able to build playlists and then sharing playlists to students and then being able to use them in the classroom is a great thing. So if, if you have uh, iPads or using iOS devices, this is an app that will let you do that. Um, we have not tested it uh, at our school and I had intended to do that this week and, and now I'm going to have to travel and won't be able to do it, but that's my geek of the week. And I'm very excited about things that are going to give teachers more, flexibility with you know with youtube content and and possibly be a door opener for districts that may have had that door closed for that content right so big to have youtube availability you know i'm in our district i feel very fortunate that we do have youtube availability you know it's one of those battles that you don't have to fight so i think that that's nice but yeah that's cool all right that i think that's awesome see look i'm learning so much just for i didn't know about catch I didn't know about this. Awesome. Good deal. Uh, that's that's go. why podcasts can be good. So that's why All it's right. a good deal. What is um, your geek of the week? Okay, so I think you might. Li- All right, so this is a person I just stumbled across. You know, however you stumble across people by accident, but I think um, that you will really appreciate this. So this is um, uh, is Herb Spanish, and Herb Spanish on Twitter, and I put the link in there and I typed it in, and I think if you go to his YouTube channel, Wes, you'll really enjoy it because. He's doing a whole series of Minecraft videos that are catered to ES, the ESL crowd. So that's why he's Herb Spanish. So he has all these different videos where he's doing for the ELL, the ESL learner. And uh, it just looks really cool. And it looks like, I mean, his YouTube channel is, if you look at it, it's just tremendous. He has so many videos on there that he's putting on. And he hasn't made, um, like, so it's the, you know, he has the Minecraft minute for the second language teacher. And, and it just looks really cool, all those videos. And it looks like he just keeps putting them up 
constantly. So like, I like, those, I like the ones that are active. Like his last one was just like four days ago. He uploaded like three different videos. So, um, I think it's really cool. I know. And it's like, that always reminds me of you because I know that you're the big, you're the big Minecraft person. You're the, well... person, you're the person that like got me, got me interested a long time ago before it was really in vogue, you know, because you're kind of ahead of the crowd like that. Like you're doing podcasting, I think way before it was in vogue, you know what I'm saying? Where people do it now. And I feel like you kind of paved the way for people. And I, oh. I feel like that's kind of what you do sometimes. Hey. Hey. So I feel, I feel like that's West Fryer to me. West Fryer knows about stuff before it's cool. It's only because I get to watch great shows like Techlandia and you know, <laughs> hang out with people like you. And, and we get to hang out with people like Tony, right? We'll just, we'll just pass, oh my gosh. pass the love you to know, Tony. So. Oh my gosh. I, I, I can't say enough she- about Tony. Shelly was going to jump right on if She's like, is Tony on the call? She has a big crush on him, so don't, don't tell oh, me. If you could, you you can't not have a crush on Tony. He's such a handsome gentleman. You know? That's right. And um, he, I mean, he is. I mean, his parents, his website, and I see that Tech with Chad, oh, learning in learninginhand dot com. And I mean, I love his his Instagram feed even now. Wes, have you seen his Instagram that he comes out with and he does the cartoons? He stuff? puts the bar so high for all of us, which is great. It shows what's possible. And as yeah, as uh, Tech with Chad just said, he's so. He's so helpful and uh, willing to, to reach out. Well, okay, so I have to do one more Geek of the Week, which I'm okay. kind of uh, notorious for. I, I can't just do one. But since you mentioned Minecraft, uh, have you seen our daughter Rachel's Minecraft channel, John? Have you seen Rachel Artist? No. no. Okay, so she has almost 400 subscribers. I put, oh, the, wow. I put the link into the doc. And okay, she, awesome. has, she has really become this a screencasting machine. And um, it was funny because when Alexander and I were gone – she texted me and she was afraid someone had come onto our server. We, we have an, an older Mac laptop that we're, we're running the Minecraft server on and she's done some. Well, we looked on the log. It was a, this digital citizenship thing. Cause I was like, hun, we'll look at the log. We'll see if anybody else logged in. Cause our son Alexander said it was probably a creeper that blew up. Anyway, we, we looked at the <laughs> log and nobody else had logged in. So anyway, uh, some, something else had happened, but she, uh, she's really. Really into that. So, are you going to be at ISTE this year, John? I, I am going to be at ISTE this year. Denver is awesome. a, a good spot for me because that's where my in laws live. So, we get free room and board. Well, well, we could, that's a great thing. We've, we've got our Airbnb already set up uh, where oh, we're nice. going to be. So, uh, well, maybe we can do an EdTech situation room from the from the Bloggers Cafe. Um, I was oh, thinking I that Shelly, or who wants to see that? My wife says. <laughs> um, <laughs> that Rachel really wants to teach people about kind of what she's done with her screen, with her YouTube channel. And, you know, with, and so I'm, oh, gonna, yeah. if, they, if they do that ad hoc thing, you know, where you can kind of sign up for a, sign up for a. Right. A right. Like they used to, they might, do, I remember, Oh man, that was, such a, I love that. They should do more of that. I think they should really do more of that. But yeah, definitely oh. with students, right. Not with the oh, teachers. Absolutely. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. It's good stuff. So, okay. Well, um, any, any closing pearls of wisdom? Again, for those thinking about Oregon, just, you know, fantasizing about being a pioneer, just, you know, picking up their stakes. Is, is it all that it's cracked up to be? Is it more than you dreamed? What, what, what do you say as the, as the westward, we'll say, I was going to say the westward home, you know, pioneer, but we won't say that. No, it's that the, is, that, I mean, that is kind of, <laughs> that is kind of what I am. Well, I mean, I don't know if I would suggest anybody to do it like I did, but yes, we do like Oregon and, it's really nice. And you know what? When we were down at Q, I was, we do have like a position as an innovation strategist open and 
there were some people that were kind of like, oh, California is really expensive or, oh, here, I can move from here. So I was kind of try. I always try to group people up here so we can do this thing. And um, you see, I've got my little future ready shirt on. This is our Beaverton one. Ooh, but, you're uh, looking very, very uh, yeah. tech. Uh, yeah, and I've got I, my, I, MIT, my MIT shirt. Yes, I, I, saw, I saw that too. I saw that too. <laughs> but um, so we have, and I was just touring ours today. I saw we have our Beaverton School District maker bus, our future bus that's going to start going around. We're, they've, they've gutted the whole thing. They put in some nice floors. And uh, I'm getting really excited because I think that by next year, I'll be licensed and I'll be driving the future bus. We'll do, be doing little maker things and all sorts of things. So um, awesome. yeah, I, I love I love Oregon and I, I really like my job right now. It was, it was really good. It was a good fit for me. That's awesome. Well, we want to give a shout out to Tech with Chad, who has a show here on Blab as well. He stuck with us the whole show. Thank you so much, Chad. And uh, Mr. Nessie. Uh, Christopher J. Nessie, who does the House of Ed Tech podcast, has uh, joined us here at the close. So thank you, guys. Yeah, There's the, the link for the next one. And, yes, let's hear it for podcasting, right? Yes. That's right. To, That's right. Not only good for our own professional development, but great to, to do with our students and get them, you know, using using media to learn and share their voice and develop their fluency and literacy skills and all that, all that great stuff. So, you know what, somebody, Wes, somebody should write a book about that using media in the classroom. I wonder who could yeah, do that. Right? Playing media. Who would ever do that? I, you know, know, I heard, I I heard some guy did something about that a few years ago, but it had this thing called posturous in it and it's pretty much all out of date now. So <laughs> I, I heard a rumor he's going to maybe redo that sometime. Ooh, but, that would be good. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, after, yeah, my wife says only if it pays for college. So you can see what the things wow, are in is, our house. She is laser focused on the she's, for college. She's ready for money, maybe. <laughs> All right. Well, John, thank you so much for Thanks, joining. Wes. This Thanks. was awesome. I love yeah. the prompto. Glad we were able to, to carry it forward. Um, our show is usually, you know, at the same time, 9 p.m. Central, uh, 8 p.m. Mountain, and, you know, extrapolate to, to the coast if you want on Wednesday nights. And next week I will be in Fort Worth, but I think I will oh, be able nice. to tune in. And we're going to hope that the awesome Jason Neifer, has, uh, you know, digs his way out of the, the Montana digital ditch that, that he was in tonight. And we will get him, we'll get him connected again. And we probably will never have the same person on two screens. Cause for those of you that may watch this video or be joining, <laughs> I had Soundflower set up on the laptop so that, you know, Jason could, could call in via his phone. But for some reason, the, the tech overlords were, uh, they were against uh, with Jason today. Yeah. But hey, it brought us John Samuelson. So what a blessing that is. So, well, all right. Thanks, Wes. I appreciate this. Thank you. Always a pleasure. See you, Shelly. Mm.